As educators and parents, we often worry that childhood has become so structured that children have forgotten how to play. We know that play helps children learn how to build strong relationships and to stay mentally healthy. Today, we're going to explore how the Global School Play Day is restoring time for unstructured play to hundreds of thousands of students. And welcome to episode nine of the Education for a Better World podcast. I'm Mike Soskal. And I'm Diane Smokorowski. Each week, we will bring you conversations with some of the most dynamic thought leaders in education. This week's episode is sponsored by GoToScience, a tool that allows our youngest learners the opportunity to learn by going on adventures without leaving their classroom. We know that education will be the driving force for a bright, optimistic future. On each show, We'll introduce you to innovative ideas, we'll stretch your thinking, and help you see ways to empower students to affect positive change in the world. We are thrilled that you are coming along with us on this journey. Let's dream big. Before we get started today, Diane and I have a quick announcement. You know, Mike, we do have a couple of great projects coming up that teachers and our listeners can join. Yes, starting February 1st, uh, any teacher around the world can sign their classroom up for the World Read Aloud Day Connections Project, where there are two levels of participation. Either you can sign your classroom up to create a video of your students reading part of their favorite picture book, or you can sign up for a live Skype call where you and another partner class can read books to each other. Right after that, we have the Virtual Valentine's Project, which is also two levels. In level one, your class will create a virtual Valentine, but do not partner with another class. But in level two, your class definitely creates virtual Valentines with any digital tool and partners with another class for a Skype call to learn about each other's communities. To sign up for either one of these two projects or to see the other projects that we offer during the year, make sure to visit the podcast website and click on Global Projects. Scott Bedley is an elementary teacher in Irvine, California. He's an author, a TEDx speaker, and a former California Teacher of the Year finalist. In addition, he co-founded Global School Play Day. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mike. It's good to see you and hear hey, you. We all met years ago through our love of global collaboration and connecting classrooms. Tell me, uh, what have, in the past couple of years, how has that impacted how you teach and, and what you've been doing in education? Yeah, I think, are we coming up on like our six-year anniversary of like originally meeting? I believe um, we are. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting journey for me because I think we were doing things before it's become now this organized, easy, like low-hanging fruit to go after, to connect with people around the world. And so to see it go from, you know, having to search up someone on the internet and see, if, and then email them and ask them if they wanted to do a video call with you, to now just, you know, you could tweet at somebody, you know, I tweeted at an author the other day who was one of my students' favorites author, you know, and, and to be able to do that through this easy medium where you only need one screen and one camera and one mic, you don't need a class set, I, I think is, has been awesome. And, and to see people continue to like expand and add this to what they're doing in the classroom has been really powerful. For me personally, uh, it's just been a chance to share that out there um, because I, I feel like there's a lot of um, over the last you know, 15, 20 years, there's a lot of negative voices about public education. 
And I think for, for the three of us having education as this passion, as a hobby almost, as, you know, I, I don't play golf. I, I go home and read education journals and stuff. <laughs> so um, to, to have a chance to show and highlight some of the positive things that are happening in education it is, is really powerful. I thought I was the only one that went home and read educational journals. <laughs> I think and we share them, don't we, Diane? Back I think forth. we probably do. And, you know, if there's a good movie, if there's a teacher movie, boy, howdy, I am the first one to buy the ticket and be in the line. My question for you today stems from the video that actually launched Mystery Skype for the whole world. Was Skype connected with you? I mean, how did that whole story go? That year I had set a goal to do a mystery Skype with every single state, which I failed by the way. So don't be disheartened if you try that and don't get it. And I had tweeted out with the hashtag mystery Skype. It was so weird. I, I got an email uh, back from this random person and they wanted to talk to me on the phone. And, and then my phone rings this random number and it's this guy leaving this message. He's saying, Hey, I really like what you're doing. Would you be open to like maybe having us record it? and share it with other teachers. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, I was totally for that, you know? And um, at that point, uh, my brother and I had started a, a podcast and we were trying to get the word out about cool things that were happening in the classroom. Diane, it was crazy. Like the day, it, we, we filmed it all after school. Um, we didn't want to interfere with any of the school activities that were going on. But they came in and started setting up and there was like, there was like a, a craft food tent and like 16 trucks and like, all these people and I was like and they're like can we use that classroom for like a sound audio video wow. you know text I'm like is this real and I was sick I was so sick my voice sounds about the same as it did that day we, we had randomly selected students I don't think any of us knew what was happening and the whole staff was like oh my gosh and everyone's going out to the craft food services and <laughs> so did you know at the time Scott that that it was going to be uh, a Super Bowl commercial I had no idea, Mike. The guy who was the director who I'd been in communication with had texted me Friday before the Super Bowl and said, be sure to watch the big game. I quickly texted him back and was like, can I tell the families? Can I tell the families? He's like, yeah, you can tell the families now. And so I'm, I'm calling all the families, like, watch the Super Bowl, watch the game, be sure to watch the game. And that, it was funny because it was like a blowout and the ad came on, I think, in the, like the, the, third quarter of the game that year or something like that but it was just exciting um, to be a part of something and know that you know it was a chance to to uh, you know have some legs and inspire a lot of other teachers that's awesome in your work with global collaboration now um what other tools other than skype are you using uh you know what my biggest tool i'm using right now mike and connecting most often is empatico and I love Empatico um, because of the, I feel like it's the next step for an educator that gets into this or a first step for the educators that want to try this because it's such an easy tool to, they connect you with a class. You don't have to go searching around or anything like that. And the, the vision of it really, and you could, you both can speak to this as well, but is really about building a long-term relationship with another class, uh, being able to develop empathy through that long-term relationship and the story behind um, Empatico and, um, you know, the founder of Kind Snacks, he went through this life experience that caused him to want to develop empathy between um, people around the world. It's, it's just a really big part of what it was like, oh my gosh. And when, Mike, when you invited me to consider being a part of that, I was like, 
like anything you're doing, I'm a part of, yes, the answer is always yes. Diane, anything you're doing, yes, I want to be a part. It was better than I ever imagined, you know. I connect, we connect with this class in Florida. And this year, Florida went through some really tough weather. And we, my kids were concerned. And California, we went through some pretty bad fires. And we got to share back and forth with the classes where we were. Both of our classes were safe. And then how and what we were doing as a class to support the local community and the people that were affected by it. So it, it's been a really awesome thing. We shared poems with each we A big thing, we were sharing poetry. Um, that's kind of my big in-class passion right now is, is creativity through poetry. Poetry really is a pure creativity form of writing. Um, and so we've been doing a lot of poetry and trading poems back with that class in Florida. That definitely sounds like some magic has been made between these two classes. And now that the sounds is the students have friends. I mean, we have true relationships. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't want to get off our, our video conference call with them. They don't want to go out to lunch. They're like, no, can we talk to them more? That's the neat thing is when you see some of these activities where you can connect around the world and the kids would choose that over recess and food, which are two huge motivators for, especially for my grade level, for fourth and fifth graders. That's what they want. Um, but they, they choose this relationship. They choose this connection every time over that. It's really cool. The other big piece that you do every year is the Global School Play Day. You're talking about relationships, but it's about connecting with people in your own class. Tell us a story about your big event. Yeah, so Global School Play Day is, I'll just give a, a kind of a quick background on what it is. It's a day set aside the first Wednesday in February. This year it happens to be February 6th. The first Wednesday in February we set aside to just say, hey, play is this not this thing that should be a frivolous it's not only a reward because i found myself as a teacher saying okay kids if you do all these things now i'm going to give you play time as and here's this reward and you have to earn it and then um, a friend of mine a principal in northern california eric sable sent me down the ted talk dr peter gray from boston university who's the leading researcher on play and i would encourage anybody that's listening go go watch that TED Talk, just search Dr. Peter Gray TEDx and it'll come up and um, or go to globalschoolplayday.com and we have the video linked right there and, and several others. But his, his talk makes this really strong case that as we've seen a decline in play, we've seen an increase in um, suicide rates by younger and younger kids, a lack of empathy, um, a decreasing amount of creativity. Like uh, he, he makes a really strong case um, between that and an increase in like mental disorders and kids and like all these kind of things. And um, uh, it, it just moved me. I sent it on to my brother and my brother was like, yeah, you know what? I drive through my town and there's not kids playing outside anymore. They're either on their devices or they're overscheduled with sports. Nothing's wrong with sports. Nothing's wrong with devices, but there was a mismatch and balance or they're being overassigned homework. There was just all these, all these factors. And we, and Tim's like, we got to do something about this. I'm like, you're right. He's like, let's do some kind of a day of awareness because people just don't know what's happening uh, and they're not seeing it. They're so busy with their lives. They're missing the, this chance. And, and Tim and I said, okay, let's do this. And we reached out back out to Eric and a few other friends and said, you guys want to do this grassroots effort. We're just going to tweet about it, post about it and see if we can get, you know, a thousand, maybe 10,000 kids signed up. This is 
coming up on our fifth year this year. We started that in January. So this was by January. We said first week of February, if we get a thousand kids playing, you know, that's awesome. That first year, you guys, we got 65, over 65,000, I think, um, kids from around the world that, whose teachers had registered them to say, we believe in this, including Brown University. Some people say, like, do high schools do it? You know what? There's some incredible blog posts from high schoolers about how powerful this day was for them. Uh, year two, we were over 150,000. And then this last year, in the fourth year of it, of the event, we had kids from 58 nations, almost 400,000. And I would guess it's probably 400,000. Uh, not everybody registers, but we ask them to register. So it gives kind of that voice behind the grassroots movement to say, hey, there's this many people that agree with this. Before we continue, we'd like to share the sponsor that made today's show possible. GoToScience is a collaborative community that's empowering pre-K through second grade students to make the world a better place, one curious mind at a time. Through online virtual adventures, cross-curricular activities, and hands-on inquiry lessons, Beth and Curtis hope your students get excited about learning. Their program is simply one of the best I've ever come across for developing critical thinking and problem-solving skills in our youngest learners. Each month, we get to give away a free year-long subscription to GoToScience to one lucky listener. Here's how to win in February. First, go to our website, edforbetterworld.com, and subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Google Play. Then send us a picture of you with a sign that says, I love the Education for a Better World podcast. You can either tag us in a tweet or share it with us on Facebook. We'll choose our favorite picture that is sent to us in February and announce the winner in March. Good luck. If you've listened to our other shows, you know that Diane and I are really passionate about helping students and teachers create amazing learning experiences in school. That's why we've created a brand new workshop that will empower your teachers to help students learn more. By more, we mean that the learning will be motivating, organic, relevant, and experiential. No matter what age or content area you teach, the Learn More philosophy and the strategies we'll share will help your teachers connect incredible learning experiences to their curriculum. By empowering students and teachers, we can truly use education to make the world a better place. To send us an inquiry about our Learn More workshops, or any of the other keynote or workshop offerings that Diane and I can provide, visit the podcast website at edforbetterworld.com. We hope to see you in person soon. Now let's return to the show. From looking at your website, I think if I did the math correctly, you should break a million kids this year, that there are a million kids uh, participating in unstructured play that otherwise might not have had the, the opportunity. Yeah, and, and Mike, it's so cool because um, it's kind of like our challenge to say, hey, play is not worthwhile. And <laughs> we want people to say that because we say, no, actually look into it and, and go and be uh, curious about it. And, and you'll find out that actually this is a really vital thing. Tim's my brother and he, he's a fourth, fourth grade teacher. And he's like, you know, the longer I get into this, some things in education will do and we'll kind of burn out on it. We'll move forward to the next thing. But this is one of those things that just keeps kind of growing as you, as you do more research, as you examine what you, it, the impact on your kids and students. And um, 
it's it's been awesome to see the stories and you you could look on on twitter and follow, look at the hashtag gspd and then the year so 2018 2017 2016 and you could see pictures starting the night before we have it here in california in new zealand and south korea and japan and like and you see this wave of tweets going around the world of kids playing and the joy and all the teachers are like best day ever best and the kids are like best day ever and it all you don't have to do anything we front load our kids ahead of time the day before or maybe a few days before and say that's going to be your day you get to decide what you do all day long it's not just that the teachers have to plan all these playstations and things like this it's the kids day to choose what they do there's a lot of board games that go on there's a lot of sports that happen but it's their day and for the teacher, this is an incredible day to observe kids and see where they need help relationally. Every single parent that I have, almost all of them, without a doubt, say, how, how is my child doing with their friends? And I can't honestly answer that question if I only see them in a structured environment. And so to see them in this, I, I, could, I could tell story after story of kids that we've watched that couldn't connect with their peers, that were clearly isolated, that after that day, and the time of an entire day, not just an hour, but an entire day to try to connect, they, they got so bored. They're like, I give up. I'm just going to connect with other kids. And then they saw the value, you know, and you hear stories like this and blog posts like this and I'm from tons of teachers that are participating. In Is there still time for people to sign up, Scott? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? Although the day is February 6th and we want that like rallying point. Um, what we find is there's people that have things already scheduled that day or they're, you know, um, sometimes the Southern Hemisphere, that's like their first day back to school. But a lot of them will still do it because they, they see the value in it. it. It's not that you have to do it that day. Um, my school actually does it multiple times throughout the year because we see the importance of it. Um, so, but it, it, it is a day that even if it's February 1st, even if it's the day, the February 6th, the morning, and you're like, I think I want to do this, just go to the website or just do it, first of all. But if you go to the website and register your class, we don't bug you. It's, we're a bunch of teachers and a principal. Um, all we want is that those numbers and the names to say, hey, look at world these all of these people believe in this but what what we're really trying to do is say hey kids when you go home go outside and play go climb a tree go set up a soccer game in the street go to the park like go have some fun and and once they realize like what it is that play could be for them they want that as much as any device well and i know my own district over half of the schools do participate which is fantastic but I'm curious, because you have all of these different schools around the globe doing Global School Play Day, what are some games that you've seen that are new to you? I'll share a story that I love to share. So I'm in my classroom, and the way we do it at my site is we have teachers just stationed in different spots around the school campus. Kids, young and old, that can intermix. It's awesome to go see, like, sixth graders going down and playing with the kindergartners. It's such a cool thing, and they all love it. Um, so I'm standing in my classroom and watching the kids playing board games. Some of them are like, have created like, uh, like a McDonald's and they're selling burgers to each other, but they're not really burgers. They're like Legos. Um, and, um, but they're learning business, which is really cool. They're thinking about business, which is going to help them later on in life. And, um, and how customer service we want people. To so all these, there's a lot of side, side effects from this whole thing. So the playground teacher comes into me and she's like, Mr. Bedley, 
instantly in my head, I'm like, oh no, something bad happened. Someone got hurt. This is going to blow it for my school forever. We're never going to do this again. Because there are, there is a fear from some people that, oh, you're going to give the kids the choice all day. It's going to be like a Lord of the Flies thing and they're going to like destroy it. But the, the amount of empathy when kids get hurt and other kids rush over to help them up and like it's, it's grows so much more because they know that adults aren't going to interfere. And, and we don't, we just stand back unless there's something like really kind of serious and then we need to and like um, check. We're just watching and observing and making sure everyone's safe and things like that. So she comes in she's like, Mr. Bailey, I need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh gosh, I walk over. I'm like, Kathy, what's up? And she's like, they made a train. I'm like they made a train. What do you mean they made a train? She's like, they made a train. I'm like, I, I don't yeah, you've lost me. I have no idea what you're talking about. She's like, follow me. So I follow her out there. I look across our playground. We have some basketball courts. And there's this big, huge, long line of first graders, second graders, straight as straighter than their teachers could ever get them. And at the front of that line, some of my students had taken these little these flat boards with the little wheels on the bottom that we use for PE, linked them together, tied a jump rope to the front, some of them were loading kids on. Some of them were help loading them off. Some of them were being the engine, giving the other kid this full tour around. But they were like working together as this team and providing some joy for the other kids. And, uh, and it was just, it was really, it was an awesome moment. Again, this is, this is why giving that time is so worthwhile. And the, the gratitude that you get back from your class for giving them this one day and the respect that you get back from them, it's tremendous. You know, those kids, thank you, Mr. Bedley, for giving us that, that one day. I'm like, I take 180 of yours. Why can't I give you one? But then the, the next year's kids, they made like a little ticket booth. And there were the <laughs> younger kids that had seen this happening. And so then it's like this iter these iterations of advancement in play, which was really cool to see as well. I want to shift gears and talk about something else that you do in your classroom. A few months ago, I was reading the Huffington Post, and I come across this great article on helping children overcome media bias and helping them identify fake news. And I get halfway through the article, and I'm thinking to myself, this sounds a lot like what Scott Bedley is doing in his classroom. And sure enough, I get to the end of the article, and it was you that wrote it. So why don't you talk a little bit about that blog post and some of the ways that you help kids you know, navigate media bias and those kinds of things in your, in your fifth grade classroom? Mike, a lot of things for me come out of my failures. So when I, I make a mistake in the classroom or I, miss, I don't see something, not intentionally, right? But I just I fail to see something that might come when I'm doing a lesson or doing something new. Um, and so uh, my journey on that came out of like a failure uh, when I had a, one of my really gifted students um, quote, uh, misquote some facts and we were broadcasting that on Skype. It was, we were doing a, a news conference and the kids had taken on roles of uh, uh, explorers and the reporters, the other classes and the kids in my class that were reporters had to ask them questions to try to figure out the, who they were in this news conference. And he got on, on camera and he said that Magellan had circumnavigated the world in 1976. And I was like, oh no. And I couldn't correct him. Some of the other kids snickering and he was just one of those kids like, maybe not favorite, but I admired a lot. And, um, and I, my heart broke and I was like, oh man, I did. I gave them a list of like what to do to find, but I never really, I never really taught them. I just gave them some information on how to, to test things. 
I had created this list of seven tests of reliability uh, from my college debate days, and I'd pass that on to him, but I did such a poor job giving him experience on how to do that. And so um, Todd Flory and I, I mean, we reached out to Todd. I'm like, hey, do you want to do this game thing. Let's like work it out and hash it out how it'll all work. And so um, he's a tremendous teacher, by the way. Um, we just collaborated to kind of put this game together. So a lot of the things I'm doing is trying to incorporate play because um, going, you know, kind of tying the two things together is I feel like even when we don't incorporate play, if you look at a classroom, if you're observing one, the kids are finding ways to play. And so why not use that natural tendency to kind of like engage them a little bit more and in the learning process. Todd and I put together a, a online game where basically the kids work in teams to gather two true articles that are out there and create their own fake article. They exchange those with another classroom and the other class has a time limit to try to search up and figure out which one's the fake one. And so they're learning research along the way. They're getting to play, interact with their peers um, around the world. That's, that's a big part of what, what I'm trying to do is get the kids to really critically think about. Um, basically, I, I like them to be, go from the perspective that everything on the internet is fake until proven true. <laughs> it's been a cool process, Mike. And even to the point where I got invited over to Slovakia to talk about it at a TED event. And with that, you know, having students start to look critically at the information coming their direction. Now there's a, I, w I don't want to say it's skepticism, but there is critical thinking that you're teaching along the way. And with that, I have a feeling that even you and Todd look at information with different eyes now. Oh, totally. And, and it's, it's fun when you're going through the process of helping the kids. Uh, and Diane, I like the word discernment because it, it inspires like wisdom of, of being able to recognize those things. We've done everything like, uh, there's a really um, neat kid in my class named Cami, and she was putting together three articles. She's like, Mr. Bailey, I don't know if this one's true. I'm like, well, what is it? And she's like, I can't find any verification if it's true or not. And it was uh, World's Women's Day, and McDonald's had taken their M and turned it upside down that day for in honor of that. And we didn't know, we couldn't find any verification if that was true or not. We saw the article, we're like, is this somebody just like Photoshopping it and turning upside down saying this is happening? And so we just got on my classroom phone, we found the corporate number <laughs> and we called McDonald's directly and asked them. And so it was like, oh, we're, we're not gonna just use the internet? No, we can talk to people too, that's a good thing. And um, all the kids are like gathered around the phone, I put on speakerphone and the McDonald's people are like, what, you're a classroom calling? <laughs> We've done that many times. And it's really neat for them to know that like, they don't have to just believe what's on the internet. And that's, those are things that I do with my own students. That's and awesome. When you have the phone and everybody's huddled around, there's a sense <laughs> of magic in that, right? Because I think it gives the message that if you have a curiosity, don't be afraid to go get an answer. And the internet might give you some input, but you can't interact with it and get feedback. Here's an opportunity for you just just go ask and see what happens. Yeah, and and I think one of the other one of the other things that happens in those moments is that students see school as more relevant because it's not just learning that's happening in the classroom for to pass a test or quiz on Friday, but you're actually talking to real people who are doing real work in the real world. Um, and it makes it makes the learning come alive in a more relevant way than than we normally see in classrooms. I think it's really an important piece to um, to add into any classroom is to make sure that you're reaching beyond 
uh, and you know verifying information or, or checking with people that are doing the real work outside. It is. It's almost a novelty for them to talk on a phone or get like a paper letter now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh my gosh, I got a, you know, I got a postcard for my teacher. I, you know, I wrote a letter to a person. I love the digital aspect. But for them, it's that's just their norm. Whereas, like actually talking to a person on the phone is is not. All right, Mike. One last question. Yep, time for the last question. So, Scott, we ask this of all of our guests. Um, it's always the last question, uh, and we're going to force you to do it in one or two sentences. So, we're going to put you on the spot here. Uh, in one or two sentences, if you could change education to make the world a better place, what would you do? In the United States, I believe we do a better job of educating more students that are more diverse than any other system on earth. That being said, I wish that there was less government interference in what happens in the classroom. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit our website at edforbetterworld.com. That's ed, E-D, the number four, betterworld.com for show notes and to learn more about inviting Mike and I to lead a workshop for your teachers. And don't forget to check the other podcast-related goodies. We want to thank Scott Bedley for being a guest on today's show. Credit for music on the show goes to Midair Machine. Join us next week as we chat with 2018 National Teacher of the Year, Mandy Manning, about the Teachers Against Child Detention campaign. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that it gave you some new ideas and perspectives. Through education and action, we can create a better world. Until we're together again, continue to dream big. And affect positive change.